Please. Good morning. You good? Feeling good? Good. That's good. I am too. I'm feeling good. So, <coughs> yeah, I just, Ben, bless you. That was great. You know, I, I'm get, I get the sense, you know, um, that God is accelerating things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was prophesying over Joe. Oh. Oh, that's great. All the notes are mixed up. Nice. Yeah, I think it might be, yeah. Or pathetic, I mean, whichever. Anyway, I, I, just, <laughs> I just sense that, um, that we're, all, we're on an acceleration program. I just prophesied over Josh about him being on a moped, right? You've been You know, you can only go about 10 mile an hour on those things, I think, maybe 20. But I don't know, I've never had one. But, but I saw in the spirit that God was giving him a Ducati motorcycle, one of these Italian fast job cycles. And, you know, I get that sense that that's for all of us, right? God's upping the ante. God's raising the, um, yeah, you know, that which is going to take a while is, is going is to be speeding up. When Ben spoke this morning, that was powerful. Do you know, Ben, you, you spoke powerfully this morning. And, and there's an anointing on that this morning. Isn't that great? And, uh, and I praise God for that. Um, just one thing before I get into the preach. Um, just wanted to add something to the issue of surrender. Any, any of you like Western movies? Westerns, you know, cowboy films. Come on, whoa, whoa, yeah. Do you know... Um, in Western films, right, um, the, sh the marshal comes into town, right, and uh, captures the the guy, and he and he's got to surrender. When, what you do when you in in the Western films, come up with start. Uh, what you do when you surrender? Yeah, yeah, you don't just put your hands up here. That's nice, isn't it? No, you put them right up. Okay, but you've got to do something else before you put your hands up. You've got to drop your gun, right? You've got to drop that which you depend on, that which has protected you, right? And I just sense that God is going to do some changes in our hearts, in our minds, that, um, that we need to drop our, defen the, our defenses because we can't do it anymore. Not where God has taken us. We need him. Right? We don't need laws. We don't need great services. We want services, you know, because we're, we're, but we want him, don't we? We want to encounter Jesus in a new and powerful way. Okay. Anyway, I just want to tell you a story because um, I like stories. And um, I got it on my phone. I read this. I read this the other day. So it's a bit of a funny story. You know, how, are you into acts of kindness? They're, they're good, aren't they? Doing acts of kindness, you know, blessing someone. I saw this the other day, and I thought it was very funny. And um, An old lady offers the bus driver some peanuts. You heard this one? So the driver happily munches them, okay? Every five minutes, she gives him a handful of more peanuts. The old lady uh, and the driver said, why don't you eat them yourself? And she says, I can't chew. Look, I have no teeth. 
Then the driver says, why do you buy them? And the old lady says, oh, I just like, I just love the chocolate around them. <laughs> You're not going to remember anything else I say today, are you? Right? Anyway, can we have the first slide up, please? Look at this, hey? Ta-da! Right, what I... A few, a few weeks ago, I was, I was looking in the mirror doing my morning ablutions, uh, as you do. That's cleaning your teeth and washing, just in case you were wondering what that was. Um, and I, I just saw this picture in my mind about a prospector, you know, with the big, you know, with the big sieve, sieving out the rubbish, right, to get to the gold that was there. And, I, and that's what I want to sort of put, paint that picture in our minds as, we, as we're looking at the book of Colossians. Right? It's, there's, there's a tremendous amount of gold in this, in this book. And, and we don't need, I don't want you just to see, oh, we had a good sermon from so-and-so last week. You know, um, Dill speak, spoke the last two weeks. Weren't they good? You know, it's more than that. Right? It's more than that. We need to grasp hold of the truths that are preached. We need to lay hold of it. And that means we need to be in the book of Colossians. Read it. Reread it. Speak it out. Ask Jesus questions about it. And, and, and when, you, um, when you're sifting for gold, as I understand it, I've seen the Westerns, all right, where they do this, they're getting rid of the muck and leaving the gold deposit. And, and I just sense that as we're going through this book of Colossians, that's what God is doing. He's sifting out the muck, the rubbish, the lies that we believed. Okay? The, um, the perceptions that we have that don't line up with his thoughts, his ways, and his purpose. Because he's got a high purpose. And, and that's why I love being in this family. Right? I really feel at home. I feel I've found my tribe. Do you know what I mean? That this is not just a, another church we've gone to. I feel connected. And I feel I'm growing and developing. It's, and I feel expanding because of you lot and being here amongst you. See, the book of Colossians, Paul is addressing some big issues here. And, um, and one of those issues is, is that there were some people coming into the, into the Colossian church and they were adding stuff to the gospel, right? They were talking about angel worship. They were, they were talking about human tradition. You know, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, and, but the other thing was they were mixing Jewish legalism with it, right? That's what Paul was addressing in, the, in this book. One of the big things is the mixture that we can have. And he was saying, no, this is absolute rubbish. He actually was a letter because he didn't have emails. Did you know that? They didn't have emails in those days. You think, my, how did they get on without emails? But there you go. Um, he had a, had a letter. I don't know how long it took for him to send it. It went around to a number of churches. This was before we had the book, right? This formed the book. And the Holy Spirit anointed those letters just for, for the churches, so I'm going to do a quick recap on the last two weeks, okay? Because I feel it's important that we somehow grasp it, okay? So that's line upon line, precept on precept. And one of the first things we, we learned was that we have been rescued 
from darkness from our previous lifestyle. Right? He's rescued us completely from a tyrannical rule of darkness and translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For the son of all, uh, yeah, for in the son all, say all, our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his blood. Alan just mentioned, you know, we've, our past, present and future sins and failures have been taken care of through the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's, that's a good point just there, Danny. That's really good. I really enjoyed that. See, I want to pray that we discover the newness of life, okay? Um, some years ago, I, um, I, I heard a guy speak. His name was Steve. He was a school teacher, and he worked in Warsaw and Birmingham. Or, no, Warsaw and Birmingham are two different places. He lived in Warsaw, and he was in the school there. And a couple of students were playing with the Ouija board. And one of the questions they asked the demon spirit, because that's what's behind it, and they asked Steve, they asked him, when will Mr. So-and-so, or Steve, die? Okay? They asked the demon spirit when this guy would die. And you know what? They were confused because the date that they were shown was long past. So they asked Mr. So-and-so, Steve, what does that date mean to you? And do you know what the date meant? He said, it was the date of my baptism in water. Isn't that incredible? That according to the demonic spirits and Satan's realm, we're dead. Right? We're dead, and we don't, he doesn't have a hold on us. We, we ha the only hold he has on us is by lies and deceptions. See, the enemy seems to know when Jesus died that we also, that we also died. The second one, is there a, I don't know if I can't remember if I've got a, have I got a thing for this next one, De Becky? Oh, yeah, we'll do that in a minute. Yeah, the next one we'll show in a minute. Um, Sorry, I'm multitasking here. Did you notice? It's pretty good, right? The second one was from uh, Colossians 1.15. Uh, 1.15 to 20, supremacy of Christ. Hey? That's a biggie. That he's absolutely supreme. We prayed this morning about he's the king of all kings and he's the Lord of all lords. Right? Get that around your head. You know, that's who we're in relationship with. A few, year, few years ago, I heard a story about a young woman who went into a jewelry store, and she asked the assistant, she said, um, I'd like to buy a silver crucifix, please. So, and the assistant brought out a number of different crucifixes, and he, she said, no, they're not quite suitable. She said, I want one with a little man on it. I want one with a little man on it. <sighs> Do you know, Jesus is not a little man stuck on a cross. He's alive, full of power and authority. Our view of Jesus is one of the most important truths that will sustain us. Hey, 
It's, it's the most, one of the most important truths that will sustain us, particularly going forward. We've got to have a big view of Jesus. We've got to have a big view of the Trinity. And I'll tell you why in a minute, because we're coming on to what we need to preach about. Um, on Friday evening, I felt compelled you know, to cry out for a baptism of majesty. Right? I just, I just had it on my heart, and I was crying out to God that we would have a revelation of what He's like. Yeah, could we have the second slide up, Becky? Thanks. See, look at that crucifix. <laughs> you can read those verses because I, I, I'm conscious of time about who he's, He was created in the universe. You know, He created the universe. He, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, okay? Everything in it, it's his, he's the Lord. You know, we get, we get upset and, and, and kind of worried or the, the authorities get worried about uh, global warming. And, and rightly so, you know, we've messed about with the planet. But God's in charge. It's his planet. Now, I don't mean that we just think, oh, well, I'll just you know, throw my plastic waste anywhere I want to. You know, we're stewards of the planet. But we do have a, we need to have a bigger view. We don't, you know, it's important that we don't get our reference points from the newspapers and the world. We need to get our reference points according to who he is. See, can we go on to the next slide? You may just want to, this is, I was just waiting on the Lord, and I just felt the Lord say to me, go, go to your bookshelf, take this book down. It's called uh, The Power of Alignment, whereby, and it's all about lining up ourselves with what he says. And this is a, a quote from that book by Graham Cook. He said, we need a clear visual definition of his total supremacy. Okay? It is our point of origin where we find ourselves adapting to the prevailing level of light, that revelation that comes, able to see clearly and know majesty by experience. We're lost in the wonder of God's splendor, absorbed by the King, elevated by glory. His majesty becomes our fixed point, His radiant nature, the center of our attraction. Isn't that great? That's, that's full. You know, you need, to, you need to take that phrase away and, and meditate on it. But, but I just wanted to, for that to declare today. And I would encourage, go back over the messages on Spotify and listen and listen again. Because uh, this is another quote I like. He said, you won't necessarily improve because you know the Bible. Right? It changes when you think the Bible. The renewal of the mind revolutionizes our thought patterns through realignment with the Scripture. That is where transformation is. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good quote? And that's a lifetime work. That's, what, that's the journey on. That's the journey we're on is our alignment of our thinking because we get transformed by what? Anybody know? Check it out. Anybody know? We get transformed by what? Renewal of our mind. Okay. 
Okay, how do we live now then if our past is gone and the bias to sin destroyed and we have a new life? How do we live? Now, when I was brought up, I became a Christian, got baptized, and what I was told was read your Bible, pray, and tell someone about Jesus. Right? That's, all, that's what I was told. Right? So I started, I received by grace, and then I had to go, I had to perform. You know, I had to do, do, do the stuff. I had to read my Bible. You know, I'm not saying it's not, these are not wrong. And then I had to pray. Oh, but the hardest one was telling somebody about Jesus. Right? And, and the way, I, the, I'm going to show a picture. Can we just show the third one? Bex, or fourth one? Yeah, that one. Okay. Anyone play this? Hey, this is great, isn't it? You, I want to just tell you, you don't get a new gun. You know, you, there's no elevation up to a new period. You, you, you don't kill anybody in this game. Okay. But this is a game that I played as my, in my Christian life, right? I climbed up the ladders. When you climb up the ladders, you climb up the ladders and you fall down the snakes. When you fail, which I did often, I never read the Bible enough, never prayed enough. So what happens? I hit a snake and you come all the way down to the bottom. Look at number, look at number 73. Where you end up is right at the beginning. Hey, oh, and, the, and the, when you get up to 98, that is a killer too, right? You're nearly there. I've nearly, I've nearly made it. And then I end up, at num- end up at number 28. That is a lie. But you see, I took that. See, I took that into my life to the extent that... Um, when my dad died, he, when I was 16, he, commit, he took his own life. And I couldn't grieve because I, I was the man of the house. I couldn't let my mum and sister down. I had to be strong. I, I, so, and also, I didn't want to let God down because I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man in the house. Do you know what? That, that, um, that virtually, dest- I want to tell you, it virtually destroyed me. It did. Because it all came crashing down in my 20s when I was at uh, teacher's training college. I had to be rescued from a bedsit that was taking, that had taken, uh, and taken back to Exeter where I lived. I had to be rescued. My, I was blown. I was emotionally and physically drained. I couldn't think straight because I was trying to please God. You know, I, I was 20, 20, 21, but I was considered, I considered myself a failure, not just I failed, but I was a failure. I truly thought there was no way back. I was 21. There was no way back for me. I'd failed abysmally in my Christian walk with Jesus. But you know what? In the darkest moment of my life, he said two things to me, which I will never, never forget. It's, it dry, it, it, it's what thrills my heart. And one was, I was accepted in the Beloved. It was like a light coming into my heart. And that verse comes from um, Ephesians 1, verse 6. To, to the praise of his glorious grace, wherein he hath made us 
accepted in the beloved. I was accepted because of Jesus, because the grace that was poured into my heart. Big relief. Secondly, he said to me that he loved me because he loved me, because he loved me, because he loved me, because he loved me, because he loved me. And that broke down my thinking patterns. You know, the lie, it just began to just be like a hammer, the word of God, like a hammer, smashing those walls that I'd built up around myself. So I'm saying this truth, which we're going to come on to, this is just the introduction. Um, um, I wasn't accepted or loved because I behave right. I was accepted because of the free gift of his grace and, that he lo and love because of the nature of the Father. It all depended on him. And that's what we need to be concentrated. We don't have to try hard. We just need to receive. Okay? We've, got to re we've, got to be, we've got to be good receivers. We've got to tune in. Not to FM, failure mode. Hey, that good? Hey, back to AM. Acceptance mode. Hey, there's a good word right there. Okay? Now, I, I'm going to play you a song. I'm, gonna play, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to play you a song. Okay? Yeah, you want me to sing? No way. No. No, the doors are open. You're going to be all gone. But, and it's called The Way That I Love You. Okay? And Chris and I love this song. We play it often because it's a song that seems to be the, the, the Lord Jesus singing to me. Singing over us. Do you know he sings over you? Because he delights in you so much. And we need to tune into his voice because he's got a great voice. He wants to sing over our hearts and, and, and allow this song, if we can play it, Vex, um, to just wash over. You may want to just close your eyes and listen to these words.
So how many times can I tell you you're lovely just the way you are? Don't let the world come and change you. Don't let life break your heart. Isn't that great? I love that. Okay. He loves you just the way you are. But he comes in to live in us so that he can change us to be like him. But our first place is accepting who we are. It's not by trying. <coughs> okay? Now, the verses I was asked to preach on. <laughs> okay, that was introduction. Okay. It's uh, Colossians, just to make sure you understand, uh, verses 26 uh, to 28. I'm going to read this to you, okay? But I'm reading it from a different translation, because I love this. It's the PTP, which is, or TPT, the Passion Translation. There is a divine mystery. Have you got it up there? Oh, yeah, look at that. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's been revealed, unfolded, and manifest for every holy believer to experience. So that's, that's you. That's me. But up to this point, and, and it may be up to this point in terms of your own life, you've, you've been trying, okay? But this is, this is the good news. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the glory for his people. And God wants everybody to know it. Isn't that great? That within you and me, when you receive Jesus, he comes and lives within you, and he lives within me. Not only that, it says he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who comes to live in us. You see, under the Old Testament, it was a visitation culture. God just came on occasional people for, for specific tasks, right? In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, so, something radically changed. It's become that, because at the birth of Jesus, one of the things that they declared was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Right? God with us. So we've now become a habitation culture in the, old, in the New Testament. He lives in us. He lives in you. Right? He lives in you. <clears throat> the, the person of Jesus that we declared, right? That's why it's important to get a big view of Jesus. He's not just a nice little savior, right? Who forgives us our sins, pats us on the head. He's that powerful king of kings, 
Lord of Lords. That's bigger than any situation that we will ever face. Okay? He lives in you. Turn to the person next to you and just say, he lives in you. So, and in those verses it says, um, it's full of hope, which means expectation. It's expectation. You know, if, if you are feeling a bit hopeless, if you're feeling that nothing is right, it's a lie. You've got to exchange another thought. Right? Because hope is, is key in our Christian walk. Something is missing when we, when we just hopelessness, which I, I know what it's like. I felt that. I felt no way back. But Jesus is full of, of, of hope. And not only that, look at that. And as we, because he gets embedded, there are treasures to discover. Hey, treasures. Wow. Come on. There's treasures that we can we can apply. And this is what he's doing. This is what Paul says in verse 28, because I missed that 28. Him, and this is what Paul, him we preach and proclaim warning and admonishing everyone and instruction everyone in all wisdom in the comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God that we may present every person mature. So that, that understanding of Christ within us is the basis on which we can move to maturity, which means full-grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. And that's the journey you and I are on. Isn't that cool? This is so amazing. The Father has placed Christ in us. And if you look at another, um, us in Christ... (laughs) which is Paul talks about in him. In, if you read Ephesians, we're in him. And thirdly, us with Christ. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's all, it's, it's that big, big picture. He's in us, we're in him. <laughs> and we're also with him. Get your head, you can't get your head around that. You've just got you to believe it because it says it. And then that revelation will come to you. See, Christ in us, And us in Christ means there is no circumstance or situation that he's not there with us. Is that true? Some of you are not sure. There isn't any circumstance. There's no situation that he isn't there before us. At the end of Matthew, he said, I'm always with you. Or the Passion Passion Translation says, I am with you every day. He's in us. So why do we pray, Lord, I'm going for a job. Lord, will you be with me in, you know, as I go into the interview? Right? Lord, um, I've got a difficult. Will you be with me? Do you know what the angels are doing in heaven? They're going, what? What? They, they just are mystified because we've got stuff that they long to look into. That's what the Bible says. We're, we're in, we should be in, we're, well, we are enjoying stuff, but the angels, they don't know anything about it. They don't know anything about being saved. They don't know anything about being baptized. They don't know anything about being full of Jesus. 
but they understand something of what the Lord Jesus has done for us and what he is to us. See, it's interesting um, because at the end of um, that Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, it said, I am with you. Uh, I am always with you. It's in the context of being, him being, having all authority, all power, so that we can make disciples of nations. Not disciples in nations, but of nations. Now, that's mind-blowing, right? I don't know what that looks like, personally. But that our, that what, the person in us has given, is because he lives in us, that powerful Jesus will enable us to disciple nations and teaching everyone to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus, listening to what he says. That's powerful stuff. And do you know what? Since I've come here, I'm believing that more than I've done before. Right? I'm believing that. Oh, I want to just do a little bit of a jig. Happy dance. <laughs> Sorry. See, it says the Father's come to make his home in us, to dwell in us. See, when we make a mistake or we don't do as we're asked, he does not leave or give up on us. That's a biggie. Hey, it's, it's, I, I may be laboring this, but I just feel this morning that some of us need to embrace the truth of this. Sorry, I lost my place. It's that dancing. See, G, the Father, is not, he's in, he lives in us. Jesus lives in us. We're divine. But he's, he, because his intention is to make us like Jesus. Right? As he is, it says, so are we in the world. That's the process that you and I are on. That we are filled with Jesus so that we are acting behaving just like Jesus would in situations because he's in us. That's what the further... See, therefore, every day, each circumstance we're being trained to live from Jesus in us. And when we realize who we are in him and who he is for us, that oneness and unity will break every power against us. So this is big truth. I'm going to, have I got a bit of time? Five more minutes? Okay. Okay. See, the father intention is, Father's intention is to teach us and develop us so that we live in Jesus now. All of life's circumstances all of them, no matter how hard, grievous, or oppositional, can be turned around for good, for our growth. Do you hear that? See, I can rejoice now for the awful time in my 20s because he's worked it for good in my, in my life and for other people. And sometimes it, you, we have to go through stuff. And sometimes it feels like we're hanging on 
by our cuticles <laughs> to Jesus. I don't know what you're doing. I, I don't understand my circumstances, but I'm holding on to you. I'm holding on to you, Jesus. Because you, you know, if we can stand the pull, as someone used to say, he will pull us through. Okay. Um, I want to give you four things. Keys to living in Christ and he living in us, some keys. It says in one, uh, Colossians 1, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, oh, yeah. See, how do, how do we, oh, sorry. Let me, let me find it in my notes. Yeah, I am contending for you, this is Paul, that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. So one of the first things that we need to be or that we need to be constantly living in is his love is his deep, deep love for us. You've got to know his love. We, we've got to bathe in his love, that you love me, Jesus. Not because I've done You love me. We, we need to make those kind of confessions every day. You love me. Because that is the doorway. Because once, we're, once that fabric of his love is woven around us, it says we, we can enter in. We can go into deeper, the tre other treasures. Because if we don't, what we're doing is we'll, we'll, tr we'll end up trying. We'll end up pushing the envelope of, oh, I've got to do better. I, I, I'm not quite ma make it. I'm not like Dill or I'm not like Brad. You know, so therefore, I'm going to tr try harder. No. <laughs> you just embrace him. This will give us access to all the riches of God. Anyone heard of the Bayou Tapestry? Bit of history coming here, just quickly. The Bayou Tapestry is a, how about this? It's a 70 meter by 50 meter tapestry, okay? That's, that's big. That's huge. It's all about the uh, William the Conqueror coming to England, and they put, they put a, um, you know, conquering England. Harold, you know, remember Harold, the one, the one who had an arrow in his eye? Um, not that I knew him personally, but, but, but on this Bayou Tapestry, there, there's a scene which says the bishop comforting the troops. And the picture shows the bishop with his sword prodding, prodding the soldiers. That's comfort. Comfort isn't there, there, Dill, you know. Oh, I feel so, oh, sorry, sorry. No, sometimes we've got to prod one another. With truth, right? We're, I didn't. We got to prod one another, saying, "You don't need to live this way. You, you know, you're bigger than the situation you're in, because Jesus is in you, and we can stand with another and pray with one another for that revelation to burst in our hearts." Okay, don't worry. Have I got any more up there? No. Okay. I've just lost my trail. I just thought of something. Hey, 
Is that okay? See, just as it said, just as we received Jesus, this is Colossians 2.6, Jesus by faith, trusting in what he said and done, we continue in our journey by trusting in him. Just like we came in by grace, you know, we didn't earn it, we didn't qualify for it, we receive his grace. This is called sustaining grace, main, grace that maintains us, because this is a definition I like, okay? We, it's something we, we've, we mentioned in our preaching group, but I'm going to put it out there, and I'm happy to be um, adjusted, as they say. His grace, which is his empowering presence, which enables us to be the person the Father sees when he looks at us in Jesus. Okay? And that, that's lovely. I love that. It's just empowering to, to me. I've got to just receive. See, we got to keep, we've got to be receivers. We've got to be keep receiving. And it says be rooted. I, I'm a bit of a garden. Well, I've got a big garden, so I'm, we have to be rooted. And sometimes when you plant to plant, right, and you take it out of the pot, um, the, the, the roots get all kind of congealed together, right? And the important thing is you need to tease the roots out and then plant it in the ground, okay? There's a tip for you gardeners, or when you get a garden, or you've seen a garden. Um, but I just sense some of us may well be pot-bound, right? We're in a restricted place, and God wants to tease our roots out so that we get planted in greater truth than we've walked in thus far. Okay. Oops, a couple of other things. See, it goes, it goes on to say, absorbed and enriched by our devotion. Okay. Uh, devotion seems like a religious word, doesn't it? I mean, I, I was brought up to um, do my devotions, you know, which is spending time. Basically, it's spending time with Jesus. It simply means love, loyalty, and enthusiastic for the person of Jesus. We're going to rest in him. But the other thing was, we overflow with thanksgiving. See, I, I believe thanksgiving is one of the oils that will help us. Being thankful for who he is, what he's done, and what and he is living in us. We, we had a great, everyone had a good Christmas? Just want to. Yeah, remember Christmas? Right, anyway. Um, at Christmas time, I bought, I bought Chris a number of presents. Pat on the back, Danny. But, um, but there, was one, there was one present, which was a big box, right? It was a big box. And, and she didn't know she was getting it, this present. And so I gave her all the other presents first. And this box came out. And when she opened it, she goes, No! No, Danny! No! No, you didn't! You didn't! No, you didn't. You mustn't. It's too expensive. You shouldn't have bought it. No. Now that's fairly enthusiastic, right? But that's what she said. And, it, and, it, and it's, it, it's a glass dish that she liked. It's got holes in it. can't be used for anything. But, it, it, but hey, she liked it. She loved it. And I love giving gifts. See, that's enthusiasm, right? 
That's the enthusiasm of thankfulness. I don't deserve it, Jesus, but you live in me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, that will keep our hearts oiled up, okay, um, because he lives in us. I can say a lot more, but I'm going to finish. Good, people say, good. But I, can, can we just stand? Can I, can I just pray? Well, I'm going to pray. Permission, yeah. Permission granted. (laughs) Would you hold your hands out? Then I'll hand back to Dill. But can we hold our hands out? Don't hold them out. Hold them out big. I'm going to pray. See, Paul prayed. Paul prayed. You've got to read Ephesians because he prays about that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we know him better. Isn't that a great prayer? And that's a prayer that we could pray, that we know him better. And I want to pray. I want to pray for a baptism of majesty. Again, I just feel we need to have a view of the majestic Jesus, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He lives in us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've come. You were given to us by Jesus as a gift because you you couldn't stay. You had to go back to the Father, but you gave us a magnificent gift. In fact, you told the disciples to don't go anywhere, don't do anything without receiving my Spirit. And then you come, Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. And, and I thank you that you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're a genius, and you've come to reveal Jesus to us. And I want to ask Holy Spirit this morning for each one of us, every heart I pray, Holy Spirit, will you touch this morning with a fresh view of the magnificence of Jesus, of Jesus who hasn't left us, who's with us every day by His Spirit and that we can trust you. Maybe going through some tough things right now, but allow allow Jesus to be bigger than your circumstance. And, and, And say to Him, Lord, I'm going to allow you to... See, if He's in us, He needs to be in us fully, not, not just stuck in some cupboard where we just... Um, open the cupboard every so often and I say, Jesus, I need your help for this. <laughs> and then shut the door again and we go on with our own life. No, he wants to fill our house. He wants to fill so that he's resident in every, every area of our life and that we bow to him and we bow to his thoughts. I haven't had a chance to talk about that. We, but when he lives in us, he gives us his mind, his so that we can think things that come from Him. We can know things about people we didn't know before because He lives in us and He wants to work with us every day for the people around us. And I just pray that today, Jesus, that you 
I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would just ignite our hearts with your, with your bigness, with your greatness, with your magnificence. Holy Spirit, move through this auditorium, I pray. Touch us, Lord. Don't touch our, touch our mind, sure, but touch our heart. That we know something because we know something because you've deposited it. In Jesus' name. Make us, help us to be thankful. This week, I pray we'd be with you. Not that you just with us, but we'll be with you. In Jesus' name.